0: I'm going to give you seven steps to deal with a negative family member. You've tuned in to When Your Mind Becomes the Scene of the Crime podcast. I'm Dr. Linda F. Williams. I take survivors of abuse and trauma from pain to purpose so that you take back your power. Tap into the truth of who you are and live your best life now. How do you deal with negative family members? Boy, I knew it wouldn't be much time before I'd get this one, but these steps can be used in any negative situation. Number one, it's broken and you can't fix it. Now, this is an easy one to do when it's just a negative relationship outside of the family. But if it's your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, you hate to see them in pain. So on some deeper level, you think that you need to help them through that. Negatory. We have to work through our pain points ourselves. So they have to work it through themselves. Understand that you can't fix that broken thing. So don't even try and get that whole mindset out of the mix when it comes to your having to deal with this constant negativity. It's broken, but you can't fix it. That's job one. Number two, stand your ground and never let them see you sweat. So in other words, Generally, if it includes them bringing over and over again the same old mess back and forth or holding a grudge or still talking about some crap that happened to them back in the dark ages and stuff, you can't fix that. So what you want to do is not allow yourself to be triggered by that. So generally, if it's a family member, they got to know how to trigger you, say some stuff, accuse you of some stuff, just dig, dig, nit, nit, nitpicking certain things, whether it's something you you did in the past or or some kind of thing that they perceive as being negative in your character, some family event that they want to blame you for, you don't want to get into another heated argument with this mess. So the thing is, you're going to have to do with a lot of internal work to, to, to not let them see you sweat or not let them trigger you. Now, when you first start this process, it's going to be about fake it till you make it. So you better get your poker face together because no matter how much they trigger you inside, if you haven't dealt with that yet, In order to start that process, you want to learn how never to let them see you sweat and stand your ground. When you see them begin to start trying to stir up that same old negativity with you, you just choose not to go there period. Don't get drawn into the argument. Oh my goodness. they It's going to be so easy for them to draw you into an argument because all they got to do is push button number one and off and fly it. You're not going to get anywhere with that. You've been there, done that. You've gone to that argument level before and now you're still here answer asking this question. So number two, is you're going to stand your ground and you're not going to let them see you sweat. In other words, I'm not going for that. You're not going to pick up that little nugget that they're dropping for you to, to, to deal with. And you got to make up your mind before you even get there what you're going to do in order to make sure you don't pick up that nugget. And what you're going to find as we move through these steps is that I'm giving you a whole bunch of boundaries to draw with yourself. Okay, we can't control others. You can tell others what you really won't put up with. But what's your game plan for when, not if, but when they go there again? Because they're going to go there again. What you going to do? So you have to draw some boundaries with yourself and get a proactive plan. Okay, I know I'm going to this Easter dinner. I know so-and-so is going to be there. They're going to be trying to put, they're going to say that, they're going to start this argument again. What am I going to do to ensure that I don't bite that bait and that I I stay centered, focused, and in control of my own behind because I can't control theirs? What are you going to do? At the end, I'll give you some more tips on how to deal with this. Number three, one and done. One and done. Okay, I get it. So now you're here. You've been through this crap before. You might have to go through listening to this thing one more time. But this time, you're going to sit and you're going to let them get it all out. at the end of that conversation, and like I said, you can't be triggered. You can't argue with them. This is not a time for you to defend yourself. Just let them know. Let's okay, we're gonna go here one more time. After get it all out without your interruption, you're gonna have to tell them look, that's the last time we're gonna have this conversation. Now, don't do this if you ain't ready for this one. If you're not ready for one and done, then then you can't say that because the power of this is when you, that you said what you said, and you ain't gonna say it no more, you because this is where we stand. I'll let you get that all out. Now, we're not going to have this conversation again. But like I said, don't do this until you're ready. Because once you let that out your mouth, you got to stay in that same ground. We're not going to have this conversation again. Okay? So let them get it one and done and be done with it. You know what's behind a lot of that? Is they're not feeling hurt. They're not feeling hurt, So they feel like they got to go over and over and over again. So you give them an the opportunity to sit down and tell you everything they need to tell you. Okay. Find out what they want to make this better. You know what I mean? Let them talk it out. And then be done with it. You showed them the respect of hearing this one last time. And at the end, the understanding is that we're not going here again. Number four. Don't let them pull the trigger. Inevitably, they're going to be certain topics that are going to be a problem. You heard a million times. I don't have to tell you what they are. I don't know what they are, but I will have to tell you what they are. You know, certain topics are just off limits because, you know, if they come up, people are going to be off and running. So create a game plan right now about what you're going to do. If, that's, if the topics start leaning that way... Especially if it's one that you've done in number three above, where you want it done, and talk. We ain't having this conversation no more. This this is how you deal with that. I'm gonna give you this. I'm gonna give you this little communication nugget right now. So, in any situation with anybody, family member or otherwise, say you draw a boundary in yourself that um, you're not gonna be hearing they talk about how the French fries ain't hot enough. Just as an example, okay? The French fries can be any family situation that just keeps coming up over and over again. Okay? So they still, again, about this the French fries ain't hot enough. Now, you and number three above already told totally them behind, we already talked about this. We ain't going to talk about this no more. You come up with one phrase. It's got to be a simple phrase that you say without a bunch of emotion behind it because we're still in the never let see you sweat phase. Once you have talked about that and you know that you ain't going there no more, there's one phrase and it has to be the same phrase. It's got to be said without emotion and you got to be prepared to say this multiple times before they get it. Now, I don't know what that phrase is going to be for you. It's got to fit who you are, fit the situation. But let's say the fries ain't hot enough for the 900th time, it! okay? So just to give you an example, we've already talked about that. That's off limits. So let me see what would I say to them. Do I look like McDonald's to you? No, that's wrong. That's a bad attitude. Help me here. Okay. We talked about this. The fries are not hot enough. I can't fix it. So for me, I'll say in this situation, we talked about this. The fries ain't hot enough. I can't fix it. Now, I've got to be prepared to say it exactly the same way every time without any emotion. And by about the third or fourth time you say it, they're going to get sick of hearing that from you. And they're going to be begin to know that, okay, every time I talk about the fries ain't hot enough, I'm going to hear fries ain't hot enough. We talked about that. I can't fix it. Now, that's some kind of psychological conditioning. So even though they just have A compulsive need to talk about deep fried not being hot enough. They gonna talk about fried not being hot enough with somebody else. They not gonna bring that to you anymore. Mission accomplished, mission successful. That's a little communication proy you can use in any situation where you don't want to be drawn into the crap anymore. Come up with a simple phrase. You repeat that phrase repeatedly every time that comes up in conversation. You say it without emotion. You say it the same way every time, and then you're done with it. So you can't just say the fries ain't hot enough. I can't fix that, yada, yada, yada. You have to be ready to walk away. Leave the room. Now, my leave the room tactic. You can leave the room and still be sitting there. You can leave the room and they talk about these fries again. And so I'll start playing at dinner. You do look crazy if you have to. Dinner. Right? Or I'll be thinking about what I'm going to read tonight. Whatever. Or uh I I got gonna have to make this appointment to see the doctor, or let me make lunch with free. whatever it is. Go somewhere else in your head while they talk about these fries. Whatever the thing, the negative thing is, leave the room. Sometimes you have to physically leave the room. You ain't got to be in the huff. Look, that's what I talk about drawing boundaries with yourself. When you draw boundaries with yourself, you ain't got to be angry with nobody. Please, I've decided I ain't going here no more. So just don't go there no more. Use the communication tactic I showed you and let me know. I gave that communication tactic to somebody who was having a real issue with somebody. I gave them that. They said on the third time, they didn't have to hear that from that person again. That person quit talking to them about that. It looked like poof, they disappeared. It works every time. Number five, draw the line and don't cross it. Draw the line and don't cross it, period. You know from experience what subjects are going to come up. You've drawn the line, use the communication tactic that I just gave you, and step on. Now, don't ever utter out of your mouth anything you're not willing to do. So don't be giving all of tomatoes or if you did again, I'm going to slap you down. You ain't going to slap nobody. So leave, let that come out your mouth. Now, I... I'm going to admit that some people get off of being stuck on stupid. Okay. And if this conversation has to come up again, it only can come up again with us. You're drawing the line here and you're not going to cross it. If you see evident change in that person, if, if, if the, if the further discussion you know, are confident will result in some evident change, then go ahead. But other than that, you're not crossing that line. It comes up, you use your communication tactic, move on, leave the room. Sometimes you have to just leave the room, whatever, just as long as this is the deal. The whole goal of these exercises is that you don't become stressed. So that means if Joe in the family, if Uncle Joe can keep triggering you and triggering you and triggering you or causing you stress in some area, then you might have to, you're going to go internal and find out why that keeps triggering you and address it at its core. Because the goal of this is to back people off of you long enough for you to be able to work through your own stressors and your own triggers. It's not to be constantly triggered. You want to be at peace in the middle of this mess. If I'm not wrong, number six, don't take it personally. Don't take it personally. Just like you can't control nobody else. They can't control what triggers you. Now, I still stuck on the fact that people be doing this mess on purpose just to start some crap. Okay. That's all the more reason for you to eliminate the trigger so that they can't pull it. Okay, so the the way to look at this is like this. Joe is stuck on stupid. I can't fix Joe. Okay, so I just know he can't do no better. So when people got the case, got the case of the can't help it, that's what I call it. They're just stuck. You can't change that. Quit taking it personally. That's who they are. Hello. So that means that until you can figure out why you keep getting triggered, address that trigger at its core, you need to just (laughs) look at it like this. They stuck on stupid, got the worst case and can't help it in the world, but that ain't your responsibility and they're equal opportunity knuckleheads. That means... It could be you, it could be the peanut butter jar, it could be Mary Sue, it don't matter who, they stuck on stupid, got the case of help it. and whoever's in the line of fire going to catch that mess. So quit taking it personally. You're going to have to not take it personally in order to really objectify this whole thing and move away from it. Number seven, it's them or you. There it is. It's them or you. It's me or you, okay? There will be situations where you have to just disengage from that family member, period. It doesn't matter what's coursing through your veins. So what? You didn't make the decision to be related to this joker, male or female. You didn't make that decision. And I don't care if your mom or your daddy, if they are so stuck that they can't, Honor your boundaries because you can't control them. But hey, if somebody's not honoring a boundary, make sure you're honoring your own boundaries. And if that means you got the dis and freaking gauge, you got the dis and freaking gauge. That's all she wrote the pencil broke. I don't know what I have to tell you. And you can't do that feeling bad about it. Sometimes people are so toxic, you have to break away from them for your own, for the sake of your own sanity. Number six above, it's you or them. So what's it going to be? You have to be prepared to do that. That means that if that means that you don't go to the family dinner, because that person's going to be there, then you don't go to the family dinner. It's you. You got to do that for you. If that means you don't take their phone calls anymore because you know they're narcissistic and they're just going to keep triggering you, then you just don't take that phone call. You have to stay in a position of self-empowerment. How do you do that? By knowing that you can't control them, that you can only control yourself. How do you control yourself? You be honest about your triggered You commit to cutting to the core of those triggers and you decide that you are not going to subject yourself to that in the meantime. Ain't nobody mad at you for that. It doesn't matter whether you're related or not. You deal like this with any difficult situation where there's constant negativity. You don't have to be subjected to it. So anyway, so here's the story time. So growing up, I'll never forget this. I used to come home to visit my parents. And it was one thing I had to always hear from my mother. And it used to trigger me so bad. I would get so angry at her. Inevitably, out come the photo albums. She pulling out pictures of me in high school when I was a little girl, talking about I don't know what happened to my little girl. Oh my God. Mama, please. Oh, oh my goodness. And and as we often do when we're traumatized and triggered, we'll take it, take it, take it, stuff, 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 and then one day we go off. And one day I know I don't know what how much of attitude. I said, mama, she's sitting right here. I'm not that little girl anymore. I'm a grown woman. I wish you would see me as a woman. And I never had to hear that from her again. Ever. Well, thank goodness she didn't slap me down, okay? But she needed to, now what was behind that visceral, visceral reaction from me? I never felt seen ever from her. I never felt seen. Now, I'm telling you this from hindsight now. But my mother couldn't stand to see any of us suffering or hurt. But instead of being nurturing about it, what she did was right around, right, right. you needed this and you this and da And then we would come off as no kind of empathy whatsoever from her. Now, growing up as a kid, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand what was behind that, but I just felt I wasn't seen. I felt like I couldn't be vulnerable. Thank you for joining me today on When Your Mind Becomes the Scene of the Crime Podcast. Schedule your free breakthrough session now at lyndafwilliams.com. That's lindafwilliams.com.